0: Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Awesome, it's so great to be speaking to you today on our new series, The Fruits of the Spirit. I have brought a pineapple. Just put it on the chat if pineapple's in your top three fruits. Here in the room, give me a raise of hands. Top three pineapple, anyone? Oh, it's getting, it's getting well, I say 25%. Twenty-five Who, percent. Who's it in the bottom three? Anyone hate pineapple? Yeah, we got three. <laughs> strong reactions to the pineapple fruit. Oh dear. Ah, oh, well. Um, I, I saw this article recently in the press about pineapples, and uh, it said this. It said centuries before even the man from Del Monte said yes. The country's must-have accessory gracing the table at the very richest aristocrats' social gatherings was the pineapple. Can you believe it? For about 250 years, the pineapple was a status symbol, signposting wealth. And uh, it was so valuable that they wouldn't even eat it. A single fruit was worth thousands of pounds. Often the same pineapple would be paraded from event to event until it eventually went rotten. Doesn't that sound great? Sounds brilliant. What a great idea. Later, a roaring tried-in-pineapple rental developed where ambitious but less well-off folk might hire one for a special event, dinner party, or even just to jauntily tuck under an arm on a show-off stroll. It's true. It's true. Isn't that great? You might be wondering, where does Nick read these things? (laughs) The world... Treasures the most bizarre things. It treasures the most bizarre things. What are we treasuring in our society today? We can see it with the hindsight of history, how bizarre. But we treasure the most bizarre things too that don't really eternally matter. Isn't that true? I mean, just the other day, this is still a thing. I was in Boston Tea Party in Birmingham. Here's a picture. A pineapple on the wall still. Pineapple on the wall still. On the ceiling, I took num- numerous shots. So they threw me out. <laughs> These things are here one day, and they've gone the next. This whole series, this whole summer, is on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. They're something that is the most important treasure in all the world. They speak of your character. Your character. The greatest thing we should be treasuring and working on. And the way the Bible talks about our character is in this language of fruit, of something that, that grows, that develops out of relationship with Jesus. We we know that character matters, but it feels a lot of the time like we've forgotten, doesn't it? Especially in these last few years. It feels like, well, does character really matter? Does it really matter? In HR, for example, in businesses, HR guru Michael Josephson says this, without character, a capable person is just another major risk. Strong words. Gabenga Adabambo in The Guardian wrote this, a man without character is recklessly alive. Recklessly alive. So we thought this was so important that we are going to do a series all the way through the summer on this topic, on character on the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the development and growth of Jesus' character in and through our lives. And so today I'm going to do an introduction to that topic and also focus on the first of the fruits, love, love, love. So... um. I'm going to read from Galatians 5, and you might want to follow this. Galatians 5, verse 13 to 26. You might want to open your Bible um, online at home. You might want to get out a notepad because we come expecting, don't we? Like This isn't just a nice talk. This is a transformation moment if you lean in, if you have faith. If you come expect and God speak to me. God speaks to me, we're not just reading from a novel or a nice story or a self-help book, we're reading from the Word of God that's powerful and active to change our lives. So listen up to this. Galatians 5:13 to26, it says this: "The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control." Lord Jesus, we come to you saying we know that our characters aren't like yours, Jesus. And so everyone in the room and everyone online, we say, make us more like you, Jesus, through this series. We come, we want to open our hearts, our minds to you afresh today. Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you change us to look like you, Jesus? Speak to us. Amen. Now, this topic of character and fruits of the Spirit is is personal to me, and I want to start with this place. Uh, I had a significant revelation in terms of this topic when I was fairly young in my faith. You see, we tend, when we're young in the faith, to get enamored with the power of God, don't we? With the excitement of what God can do when we discover the supernatural realm. We discover that Christianity is a supernatural community that we looked at a few weeks ago. We get so enamoured and excited by what's often referred to as the gifts of the Spirit. And we saw some of those being used earlier in the prophetic. And it's so exciting. It's so amazing. And this dynamic supernatural empowerment of the Spirit we looked at in Acts 19, in Ephesus. Uh, and we've, we've seen all through Scripture. We saw at Pentecost... But this thing of transformation, of character, well, it can seem, when you're young in the faith, a bit more boring. The fruits of the Spirit seem a bit second place. And this was certainly my story when I was young in the faith. I was on a missions trip. I was sold out for God. I was traveling around India, and I was asking the Lord for pictures, prophetic words, every house I visited, every place I went with the team I was with. And I was getting prophetic words, and I was getting gifts of the Spirit, and I was moving in power, it felt like. I was preaching. I didn't have a clue how to preach, but I was preaching in, in different places. I was leading songs in schools. I was gifted. I was gifted. But then my leader, the leader of the team, a bit more wiser and more mature than me, he came to me one day and said, Nick, I've had a prophetic picture from the Lord for you. And it's this. Uh, look at this graph. I've, I've put it up on screen for you. He said, your gifts... Are the peaks in this graph, and guess what he said? Your fruits, your character, it's the troughs. You need to level up. (laughs) And it stayed with me, right? And as a footnote, we, we shy away from giving words like that sometimes, don't we? But boy, I tell you what, that's one I remember. That's one I remember. It was given in love. It was given out of a trusting relationship. It was a leader, someone older and wiser and more mature speaking into my life. And we need that, don't we? No matter what age we are. He said, you need to level up. And I've never forgotten it. I need to intentionally pray for and focus on the fruits of the Spirit in my life. And some of you today, as I've said that, you know. I don't need to linger the point. You know you need to level up. You need to level up. Up. Maybe you're watching at home, you're just, you know, you're not normally watching gas, but you've just tuned in. And the word of the Lord is level up. Level up. I am gonna be with you. I'll help you do it, but level up today. It shocked me. I needed to focus on the fruits of the spirit because this is really important, because power without love is not God. Power without love does not represent God. Gifts of the Spirit without fruits of the Spirit does not represent God. Character matters. Character matters. So I'm going to do a little bit of teaching now on this theme of fruits of the Spirit before we focus on love. What is the fruit of the Spirit? How how does it happen? That's what I'd be asking if I was you. How does it happen? What, What is it? What does it mean? Well, first of all, it's God's grace in your life and it's your intentionality. It's God's grace in your life and it's intentionality. It's grace. They're called fruit, not acts of the Spirit. They're fruit of the Spirit. They will grow naturally out of your close relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine. Abide in me, stay close to me. If you stay in the vine, you will grow the fruit of the Spirit. So it's so simple, isn't it? Because you could do a self-help check, you could do a PCR test on the fruit of the Spirit. If If you don't feel strong in the fruits of the Spirit, you probably haven't been intentionally staying close to Jesus in the last week. Yeah. If you're finding it hard to be patient, you haven't spent enough time in his presence. The fruit of the spirit is God's grace. It will grow from you naturally. It is what you will become. It's a promise. You will become full of the fruit of the spirit if you stay close. Do you remember that sermon to your first love? Your first love. If you stay close to Jesus, His character will grow in and through you. It's a promise. But there's also intentionality. Galatians is clear, and I encourage you to go and read the whole of this chapter, chapter 5, at some point today. Because the whole context is, a, 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 um, Paul is talking about the juxtaposition, the difference between the law and the Spirit. The law and the Spirit. And he's really wanting to emphasise that you're now free from the law. But then he says, but you're free from the law, but it doesn't mean you could do what you like. So you can't just sit back and hope this stuff happens. No, there's still an intentionality because he says in verse 15, if you just sit back and do what you like, you will end up, this is so strong, he says destroying one another. And and, and don't we see that today in the church? Don't we see that today on, on Christian Twitter and places? I can't even kind of go on it now because I just come off so depressed at how we attack one another and destroy one another. So there's an intentionality we have to do to stay in step with the Spirit, verse 25. It says, stay in step with the Spirit. So that literally means, uh, in the original language, keep in a row with. Keep in a row with. Keep in line with. Follow in the footsteps of. There's a lifestyle that keeps in line with the presence and the purposes of the Holy Spirit. And don't we want to stay on that line? If you put the wrong number on a spreadsheet in the wrong row, what happens? The whole spreadsheet's wrong. And I don't even understand spreadsheets, but I gave the analogy. (laughs) Keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step, keep in a line with, keep in a row with the Holy Spirit. There's an intentionality that you have to do if you want to look like Jesus, if you want the character of Jesus, if you want a lifestyle that images the presence and the purposes of the Holy Spirit rather than just an average lifestyle that celebrates pineapples. You have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the fruit of the Spirit is what you need to neutralize your inbuilt bias towards fulfilling the sinful nature. The fruit of the Spirit is what you need to neutralize. You know when you stain the carpet and you go and get the thing that will neutralize it to get rid of the stain, to change it back to what it should have been? The fruits of the Spirit are are a toolkit There's something so precious for our discipleship. They neutralize the effects, the inbuilt magnet, the Bible talks about as sin, that draws you to do the wrong thing, that draws you away from Christ. The fruits of the Spirit neutralize that. How how, how powerful a promise is that? How much of an encouragement is that? Because sometimes we're stuck and we don't know what to do. And is our first thought, do you know what? Fruits of the Spirit. I need to press in. I need to get in step with the Holy Spirit. There is something active for me to do. Galatians 5 verse 15 to 17 says, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. So you are not to do whatever you want. So, you see, the fruit of the Spirit is a bigger part of a big movement from death to life. We saw the baptisms last week. They are the beginning of this resurrection movement that we are all in. To move out of the sin self to the resurrected Jesus-like self in Christ. And the fruits of the Spirit are part of that massive resurrection movement. That is, yes, personal, but it's also global, universal. It's epic. Everything is being brought back to life. Everything is being fixed and fitted. And your life, the fruits of the Spirit character, is part of that big, big resurrection movement. It's so powerful to leave behind and to move into God's intentions for your life. So the fruit of the Spirit it's like the operating system of your new life in God. You know, if we were to do a Next Steps from Baptism course, that's what we'd say. Hey, fruit of the Spirit. It's the operating system now for your life. It's every step you need. So that's a bit of teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. Are you still with me? Everyone with me here? Great, fantastic. That's some of the stuff you, I hope you've noted down you've written down, you'll return to, your study, you'll go back into, you'll think through for yourself. Now, what about our first fruit today? What's the first fruit we're going to look at? It's, it's love. It's love. And that's what I want to move on to now. Love. We, we've got this song, Becky and I write songs for all ages, worship for everyone, songs, and we wrote this song in lockdown called The Golden Rule. The golden rule is love. Love is the greatest. Love is the highest. Love, love, the way of Jesus is love. And if you look back at our text in, in uh, verse 22 of chapter 5, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then it goes on to list the others. And what's easy to miss here is that fruit is singular in the text. It's not actually fruits of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. Fruit, singular, of the Spirit is love. Why do we think that is when we look at the text? Well, because we think what it is is that what Paul's trying to say is that the other nine qualities are all a unity. They are all aspects of love. Peace, patience, kindness, self-control, goodness. They're all aspects, different angles on the fruit of the Spirit, love. The Passion Translation captures this well. It says this of verse 22, The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Love is the starting point. Love is the ending point. It's so great a thing; it needs to be pulled apart and described in all these various aspects. Why? Because, of course, love describes God. Love describes God. How could one word fulfill all that God is? So it needs being pulled out into these different fruit of the spirit. But it's all love. It's all about Him. This is the biblical understanding of love and how often in the world do we think love is all about us, right? Like we think we try and find the perfect partner, the one for our life's journey that will make me feel good. The person that will make me feel happier. Even in small talk, we talk about, oh, I love good coffee in the morning. What do we mean? We mean I love it because it makes me feel good. It it tends to always be an arrow back to me, to me. But this kind of love is love for the sake of other. It's love that holds the other in an open hand and lets them flourish. It's love that self-gives itself on the cross for the sake of the other to flourish. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Agape love is the Greek word. Selfless love, unconditional love, undeserved love, love that makes others come to life. If you're looking for the job description of a Christian, it's that. Do you make others come to life? Does my life make others come to life? It's such a topsy-turvy thing to what the world says life tends to be about. So what does this love, this fruit, look like in your life? What does it look like in my life? What what would it look like? What are we looking for? Well, I love this story from uh, our own church warden, Henry Rattle, uh, Ali's father, Um, who wrote the devotionals the other week. If anyone's been reading the gastric devotionals, you could subscribe to them. That's so fantastic. Different members of our church write them each week. And he wrote about love uh, just the other week. And he, he wrote this. He said, I once gave a children's talk where I set up a hairdryer pointing straight upwards. A volunteer child was then asked to drop a ping pong ball, stay with me, onto a hairdryer. Not surprisingly, the ball fell and rolled away until the hairdryer was turned on full. Then the ball hovered, foot up and bobbing about in the stream of air. The air was invisible, but its effect was clear to see. We made the point, you can't see air, but you could see what it does. You can't see love either. You can't weigh it. You can't take its temperature. You can't compress it into a bottle like you can with air, but you can see what it does. You can't see love, but you can see what it does became a catchphrase for us. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that a great story? You can't see love, but you can see what it does. Maya Angelou put it another way. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. How you made them feel. You can't see love. You can't bottle love. But you can see the effects of love. You can see what it does. So what does love do? Well, when we look all through Scripture, the answer is love breaks the cycle. Love Breaks the cycle. Write it down, underline it, put a highlight on it. Love breaks the cycle. Love for the sake of others. True, unconditional, undeserved love shocks things back to life. It shocks things back to life. You know like those defibrillators that are appearing on all our street corners? It's amazing. They save lives. They shock people back to life. In the moment of near death, they shock you back to life. That's what we are to be as the church on every street corner. Defibrillators that shock people back to life. Love that breaks the cycle that leads to death ultimately. Love shocks people back to life. Think of Jesus. Jesus, there's so many stories, but the one that came straight to my mind, Jesus and Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is stealing people's money he's a tax collector what's he ultimately doing he's hating on people he's stealing their money what do the people do back to him what's the cycle that begins the people hate him back he's a tax collector he steals our money there's a cycle of hate so Zacchaeus knows he can't just join the crowd Jesus has to hide up the tree right as Jesus comes past but Jesus walks past and stops under the tree and says I'm coming to your house for dinner love breaking the cycle, love breaking the cycle, and all the religious people can't cope with it, they start muttering, the gospel says, what's he doing, what's he doing, colluding with the cycle, the cycle should stay cycling, that's how the world works, we're good, he's bad, that's it, but love breaks the cycle, but only love that stops, that notices, I'm coming to your house for dinner, that shocks back to life, that doesn't think that guy's just dead and gone, but no, reaches out, stops under the tree and says, I'm coming to your house for dinner. This is the love of Jesus. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's amazing. It's nothing like what we could do, but it's what the Spirit in you can do. It's what the Spirit in you can do. The woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8, Jesus, You remember, they're about to stone her. The cycle is going on. The cycle of hate is going on. They're about to stone her to death. But Jesus, what does he do? He stoops down next to her. He says, you without sin, come on, throw the first stone. And he starts like drawing in the, in the sand, doesn't he? He starts drawing in the sand. And he's right next to the woman, his presence, overshadowing her presence of God overshadowing her protecting her love breaking this cycle one of the most powerful images in all of the gospels love breaking the cycle every time it's in a creative way it's in an innovative way it's never the same words or phrases it's never quite the same actions who could have predicted what Jesus would do but this is what the spirit does in us isn't it we stay in step with him but well I don't know where it's going But I'm staying in step with him. And I'm saying, God, use me to break cycles. And that's what I want you to be praying today. Use me to break cycles, God. Use me to shock people back to life. I want to tell you a present day story. A few years ago, my wife's parents, they moved house. They bought a bungalow and decided to extend it up, make it a house. They'd finished after a long time doing the build, and, and there was one thing left to do, it was to build the fence all the way alongside the side of the house. Now it was quite a long fence because there's a, a driveway, here's a picture of it finished, there's a driveway you could see going all the way along the side. And so it took them quite a long time, quite a lot of money to build this fence, really strong as you can see, concrete, pillars, a good wood in between, and it was built. Uh, but as it was being built, the neighbor kept coming along, turning up, asking questions, and he was nervous that it was going to be on his land. So my parents-in-law, they contacted the council, they got the boundaries checked, and they decided to give the neighbor six inches extra of land to be super generous to him, to make sure that when they built the fence, it was inside their land. And there it is finished. Finished. A few days after it was finished, Becky's mum, my, my mother in law, was staying with us, helping with the kids, and she got a call from her husband. He was absolutely distraught. He said, You won't believe it. The neighbor has come with a bulldozer and knocked down the fence. And at which point, the, the neighbor himself, he appeared while they were on the phone. He appeared with a camcorder, videoing the whole thing, saying, It was me, I did it. I hired a bulldozer. And got rid of it. Isn't that, isn't that shocking? Isn't that unbelievable? So, once he went back to his house, my father in law phoned the police, as you would, told them what had happened. He said the neighbors admitted it. He filmed himself admitting it. The police came round, they went to the neighbors, he denied everything. And in the end, there was not enough evidence to do anything. So, my parents in law were left with this nightmare decision. Well, what do we do? Do we drop this? Do we just roll over? Or do we go to court? What do we do to fight this? And they thought long and hard. And do you know what the Spirit did in them? Do you know what the fruit was that came up? They, they, they thought this. They thought more important to have a good relationship with this man than a new fence. So instead they chose love. Now, caveat, of course. It's always right and there's always a time to fight injustice and to speak up and stand up and fight injustice but on this occasion they chose love they wrote a letter to the man they said this they said we know what you did it was wrong it hurt us but more than anything else we want to have a good relationship with you we forgive you we hope that we can put this behind us Isn't that incredible? Like, could you do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. But this is what the fruit does if you've been abiding for a long time with Jesus. And from that point on, the neighbor, he just stopped appearing. He stopped being nosy. And occasionally, when he would walk up the driveway, my mother-in-law would smile, good morning! And he just put his head down. He couldn't cope with it. Do you know what happened within a few weeks? Houses on the market... He sold, he went. New neighbors moved in, and they're amazing. Love. Let's give that a clap. (laughs) Love breaks the cycle. Love breaks the cycle. What was going on there? Love confronted something that was wrong. It was absolutely wrong. But love... Broke the cycle. Love quieted down the man. It stills the storm. It stops evil in its tracks. It was so powerful. It drove him away. You see, true love is the most powerful thing in all the world. And if if you everyone in the room looks over there, you'll see the cross. Come on, turn around, see. The cross, you online, you can imagine in Street. there's a cross right over there. The sign of the strongest, truest love and power in all the universe that nothing can defeat, that breaks every cycle, every evil. And we may not see it in this world, but if you do the loving, God will do the fixing. If you do the loving, God will do the justice. It's coming, it's eternal. It's eternal love and it's eternal justice that comes from the cross. It defeats all that is evil and it must do. This is the powerful truth of the gospel that only love shocks back to life. Love and power, we find out, are really one and the same thing. If you go back to my graph of fruits and gifts, they've got to line up because they're one and the same thing. Shown in the person of Jesus on the cross. You can't see love, but you can sure see the effects of love. You can't see love, but you can sure see its effects. And this is contended right now, isn't it, in our lives? This is contended. We're being invited to be offended, to live in outrage at every opportunity. But Jesus commands us to live in love, to live in love. So as I come to close, what are the words, what are the deeds that we can do that will break the cycle? In your marriages, in your work places, in our city, in our nation as a church representing God, how can we be like Jesus, like keeping in step with the Spirit but being innovative, being creative at every step to break the cycle that is in our world? love the fruit of the Spirit. As the pineapple, you see, what happened with these pineapples? And if you start looking, you'll see it. It started being enshrined on buildings. If you go to some old buildings, National Trust Places, you start looking out. You'll see brick pineapples in stone. Why? Because they distinguished a, a sector of society like, this is us. This is who we are. We are so wealthy and good. We are the pineapple people. Can we do that with love? Jesus said, this is how they'll know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. That's what we're to be as the church, distinguished by the fruit of the Spirit that begins and is all encompassed by this first fruit, love. Love. Can we be a people distinguished by love? Why don't you stand in the room as a band just start playing quietly? I want to encourage some of you today, your acts of love in the world, you're already doing this, and they feel unseen. Yeah, they feel like no one's noticing. They don't seem dramatic. You know, you're not being praised on Instagram for your choices. It's not in the news. There's not, you know, people aren't shouting about what you're doing, but God is saying, Well done to you today. (laughs) Well done to you today for your faithfulness, for all those times you've chosen the way of Jesus. Well done today. Well done today. So if that's you, just receive the Lord's well done over you today. Some of you, some of you in this place, you need God's. Source, his resource for this task. You're like, I want to do this, Nick, but how? I'm at the end of myself. I'm faced. You don't know why I'm faced. This cycle that I'm facing at work, this cycle I'm facing in my personal life, I I don't know how to break that cycle. But I know I want to stay faithful to Jesus. Well, I want to pray for you today as well for him to be your source and resource. That this is the work of Jesus in and through you. So why don't we just close our eyes right now? You might want to put out your hands as a sign of receiving from the Lord. And just make your choice right now. Make your choice. Do I want to be in this thing, God? Do I want to be someone who breaks the cycle? Do I want to be someone, I've been going at it for so long, I feel so burdened by this task, God, but I want to keep going. So Lord, right now in this room, would you just lift the heavy burden? We thank you that your love lifts the heavy burden would you breathe new life of the holy spirit on every person right now and at home you too put out your hands if you're at home i receive fresh wind from the holy spirit fresh fire from the holy spirit that we are to be a people who break the cycle That we are to be a people who change the way things are in the way of Jesus. And I pray for everyone in the room, everyone at home, that we would be a people with the character of Christ, Jesus. Lord, when those temptations come to not follow your way, to get out of step with the Spirit, Lord, would you glue us to be people in step with your Holy Spirit. All across the room and online, make us a people who represent you, Jesus. Let's just cry out for that right now in the room behind your mask. You could pray. Just pray for the Holy Spirit's fresh wind, fresh fire in you that you wouldn't be like anyone else, but you'd be like Jesus. When you're faced with a cycle that needs breaking, you'd be loving like Jesus. Just pray that out, whatever that means for you and at home. You might want to put it on the chat. Come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Trust. Trust in the power of God's love. Trust in the power of God's love. Let's just keep pressing into Him. Calm, Holy Spirit. Calm, Holy Spirit. And just want to, as some of you are receiving, I just want to give a fresh opportunity for anyone who wants to join Jesus for the first time. Love is knocking on your door, love can break your cycle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love can break your cycle love can break your cycle the power of Jesus he's knocking on your door he can break your cycle so if that's you just in the room just raise a hand clearly up so I can see your eyes are shut and if you're online just say yes just write yes on the text thank you I see you I'm just going to pray this prayer whether you're online or in the room to let Jesus in. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me, you love me completely. I know I've made mistakes, but now I make a change and I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything I know is wrong, and today I choose to put my faith in you to say yes to following you. Come into my life and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you made that your prayer, just let us know on the chat. Grab it. I have decided back from our hello and welcome team today. For the rest of us, we're going to continue now in worship and praise to the one who has broken every cycle.